Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Thursday, July the 22nd. And we come off a bummer, bummer of a Phillies loss in extras last night in New York. Swept in the two-game series by the Yankees. The uh, streak of four straight series wins is over. And really, more than anything, just a really disappointing showing from the Phillies in a spot where it was a very, very winnable game. They lost in extras, 6-5, to five, but left somewhere in the neighborhood of a 1,000 runners on base over the course of the game. That could be the wrong number, but it's definitely somewhere in that range. Just, you know, the offense didn't show up when it needed to, and they had one nice inning when they when they had to come back. They fought back, which was awesome to see. Didn't roll over in a spot where it felt like they might, but ultimately it wasn't enough. Lose it 6-5 to five and 10. Some bad managerial decisions by Joe Girardi, chief among them bunting in the top of the 10th. And and look, I like the idea of buying the runner over from second, but in that specific situation, I didn't think it was the right move on the road. But ultimately, it all ended up being a, a Phillies loss and a disappointing one. And again, look, we felt a lot of, I mean, <laughs> like we're right back where we always are. The Mets win last night, three and a half back now. Um, Mets won yesterday, seven to nothing, handily. Um and it just feels like another another trip down recent memory lane with this Phillies team. It feels like every time we get excited, they lose a couple in a row. We're, we're finding a way to, to hurt us. And look, again, we've talked so much. Obviously, we know the importance of this group of games heading into the trade deadline. 500 in the second half, essentially. Three and one against the Marlins, zone, two against the Yankees. So these next eight games against the Braves and the Nationals will really... Tell us a lot about this team, who they are, and what's going to happen. Because, um, you know, it's a, a, an interesting situation with the trade deadline, as we've talked about many times, an interesting article on The Athletic about the luxury tax and where the Phillies stand with that. We'll get to that a little bit later. Let's 
First, sadly, look back at, again, a uh, a truly disappointing loss last night. A game where, you know, it really felt like the Phillies came in. Um, felt like a game you had to have, you know. It really did. It felt like, all right, coming off the disappointing Aaron Nola performance the night before. A bullpen game. Unexpecting to win. But you're going up against a guy named Wojciechowski. A guy no one's ever heard of. And, and oh, by the way, he looked damn hittable. It was like 86 over the pike. It was like, what are we doing here? It started off great. Gene Zagura leads the game off with a home run. Boom, one nothing. It's like, okay, the offense will show tonight. And they didn't. And they didn't. And they sure didn't. And it's kind of shut it down after that. They get another run in the third, an RBI double from Hoskins. It's 2 nothing, And then... Give two back in the fourth, and then we get to the seventh. And uh, and again, the bullpen, you know, uh, the Spencer Howard thing. Um, Howard pitches three shutout. Looked the best we've seen him in a while. Only 42 pitches to do it. Um, Girardi pulls him, and he gets killed for it on social media. And my gut reaction was like, what are we doing here? You know, you're going to Christopher Sanchez here. You can't get another inning out of Howard. And I'm... I'm the more I step back and think about it, the more I'm, I'm willing to not crush Girardi for this. I still would have just seen what I had with Howard for another inning, but Howard was pitching on short rest. He'd pitch on short rest, helping the team out in the minors, obviously, but it pitched on short rest. So they didn't want to push him too, too far. And look, to be fair, too, we have seen that Spencer Howard consistently this season will come back for an inning and not have it, or even close. And I, I think... Look, you got three shutout from Spencer Howard. It's almost like, uh, you know, say thank you and and move on. Shake his hand, say thank you, sir, and move on and and be grateful with what you got. You know what I mean? So I I can't destroy Girardi for that move again, especially with the short rest thing in there. But I I definitely understood why people were were mystified by it. And the fact that, you know, you get three three innings of Howard there and 42 pitches, it's like, guys... What are we doing, organizationally speaking? But but I get it, um, and I'm not going to destroy Girardi for it. I didn't love it, but I'm not going to destroy him. Christopher Sanchez pitches one inning, gives up two runs. They tie it back up, as we know, and then it was Hector Neris who fell apart in the seventh. Looked like he had it, then gives up three runs in the inning, a RBI single, then a root Ned Odor bomb to make it 5-2. But the Phillies battle back. And it was nice to see in the eighth, you know, it felt like they might kind of turtle up. But they battle back. An RBI single from Luke Williams, a single up the middle, scores a couple to make it 5-4. And then a wild pitch gets to Reyes home to make it 5-5. You're feeling good. You're feeling like first and third, one out. Let's go. They didn't go. So they tied it. Ultimately, we end up getting the tenth. It felt like the Phillies were going to lose in the bottom of the ninth. A uh, fly ball, Brad Miller, literally just missed it, just missed it. A one out fly ball, runner on first, and and Miller just missed it. Like Stone Cold missed it. I mean, just you know, it's like you know, and Miller's there for the catch. Oh, he missed it. One of those. You know. Oh my God, how did he miss that? One of those. One of those. One of those. But somehow, second and third, runner doesn't score a second and third. You're like, okay, well, the game's over. I'm Charlie needs to fly ball. And they're getting out of home. Grounder to Reese throws home. They get out of it. They end up getting out of the inning. And you're like, okay, boys, let's go. 
All right, we're going to take this one. Feeling good. Then the top of the 10s happens. The Phillies unable to get anything going. And then the bottom of the 10th. And that was all she wrote. Some dude I never heard of. It's a game-winning hit. Lamar. Sure, that guy. The JV Yankees lineup that the Phillies couldn't beat. I mean, again, you know, we went through it yesterday. But the bottom of the lineup, I mean, Greg Allen, Tyler Wade, Estevan Florial. Lamar getting the big hit. Gittens. I don't even know who Gittens is. Ah, it's just such a shame. It's such a shame that the Phillies couldn't handle their business in this game. And, and blame the offense. Blame the offense. Four hits on the night for the Phillies. If it weren't for the 11 walks, 11 walks. Let me say that again. The 11 times New York Yankees pitchers walked Philadelphia Phillies hitters. This game would have been a walk-off, uh, a walk-away for the Yankees. Like, it wouldn't have even been close. Only four hits. One for Luke Williams, who didn't even start the game. The Segura homer, one for Harper, one for McCutcheon. Awesome. What a showing. Way to go, boys. Well done. In a bullpen game. In a game where you know that your team is hamstrung. You got Spencer Howard coming up from the minors pitch on short rest. You know Eflin just got hurt. You know Nola just crapped the bed the night before. Show the hell up. Show up. Seriously. Like, what a disappointing showing from the offense last night. You're going up against a dude no one's ever heard of. A middling guy. Spencer Howard was the better pitcher in the game last night. You get two runs off that dude? Two? Four hits all game? 10,000 runners left on base? Just a massive disappointment from this Phillies offense. And we've talked about, you know, if this team's going to get carried, it's got to be carried by this offense. And last night they did the opposite. In a game where they needed needed to show up. Needed to show up. They weren't there. They didn't come through. And again, the same problems we've seen so many times. Runners left on base. They left 12 guys on base. 12! 12! 12 runners were left on base over the course of the game. You score one of those, you win the game. Just one! Just one of those guys scores, you win the freaking game! God, it's so frustrating. I'm so frustrated with this team. that That they just can't seem to get on a roll. They can't seem to just put it together. Win a few games in a row. How about, you know, don't lose a, a couple right after you win a couple. All that kind of stuff. Like, it's just never never any sort of momentum, never any sort of roll, never any sort of real feel like this team is, is about to do something. And, oh, by the way, Bryce Harper hurts his foot last night, fouled him off his foot late in the game, hobbled the first base. Who knows? X-rays today, fingers crossed. Losing Harper, that would be terrific, right? I mean, then they're really in trouble. And that also, again, changes the whole calculus thing. We'll get to the luxury tax thing in a minute, but (sighs) Phillies have to prove right now that they are worth investing in right now this season. And look, honestly, if I were Dave Dombrowski, if it were me, if I were running the Philadelphia Phillies, there's no way I'm going all in on this team. There's no chance I'm going all in. I'm just not. It's not the smart decision. Why would you? 
Why would you go all in on a team that shows they can't win consistently, that they can't win when they're supposed to? They can't win even when they're trying to force you to try and trade for players. Why would you go all in on that team? A team that is not one or two players away from winning the World Series. Maybe they're two players away from winning the division, which is important. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not minimizing the value of a division win after a decade not in the playoffs, but I mean, you can't go all in. You got to make cosmetic moves, tiny moves, smaller moves. Sign Cole Hamels. That's a no-brainer. But man, I, I don't. I just don't see how when this team consistently does this stuff, especially again against a JV Yankee squad. They were facing a beat up, missing a lot of guys Yankee squad. A Yankee squad that hasn't even been that good to begin with. A Yankee squad that had some dude named Wojciechowski pitching for him last night. They couldn't beat them. One out of two. Really? Really? Just a disappointing showing. Again, at the most important time of the season. It's the most important time of the season. And they disappoint yet again. And the Harper injury, fingers crossed. Let's hope Bryce is okay. Harper's been obviously very good lately. And uh, you know, without him, this team's really in a lot of trouble. Um, so it's... Uh, and look, I think he'll be okay. He stayed in the game and all that, fingers crossed. But it just it was a disappointing weekend in New York. Uh, disappointing two days in New York. Not a weekend, excuse me weekend coming up disappointing flat out disappointing two days in new york and and they're back at 500 they're three and a half back we're kind of back in that range again and you know it's it's disappointing it's i'm disappointed with this team right now and they have such a massive eight games here such a massive eight games they have to win six of them like minimum right they have to win both series they have to i mean technically you don't have to but for us, they have to. For Dombrowski, they have to. If you want to convince Dave Dombrowski to add to this team, guess what? Go win three or four from the Braves, win three or four from the Nats. Because otherwise, you're not a playoff team. The Braves and Nats aren't playoff teams. They don't look like playoff teams. I mean, in reality, no one in this division looks like a playoff team if we're going to talk a real playoff team. It's a precarious spot. I really... I, I. I don't envy the the decisions that Dave Dombrowski has to make because they are hard, tough decisions. As we've talked about a number of times, you know, how do you look at this group of players and say, yeah, you're not good enough. We're not adding, especially guys like Bryce Harper and JT Romito who've made long-term commitments to stay here when there were other options on the table for them. They chose here. Both guys who want to win, be a part of winners. It's tough. But at the same time, you're Dave Dombrowski. Your obligation is not to the players in that clubhouse. It's not. I mean, it's part of it. Don't get me wrong. You have a obligation to them. But your main obligation is not to them. Your main obligation is to the Philadelphia Phillies. It's to John Middleton. It's to us, the fans, to steer and steward our franchise forward. That is Dave Dombrowski's main job. Move the Phillies forward in a good way. Set up a system where this team can be good year after year after year. That's the goal. That's the job. And trading away prospects for for high-end guys right now probably isn't the smartest move for that. Like, that's not the best system for long-term success. Maybe for very short-term success. But this team has proven they're not good enough. That's why the luxury tax thing is so important. 
because it's no skin off our back if they go over the luxury tax. And ultimately, in reality, money-wise, it's no skin off John Middleton's back. Now, the question is, you know, you start to clock and the punitive damage year after year after year, and you don't want to be in the luxury tax for too long. But look, right now, the way this team is constructed, that's the only way you can effectively compete for real now and compete for real, I mean, win the division right now while also not hurting your future. And the future right now is more uh, flat out more important because they're not winning the World Series this year, almost definitely. And, you know, they're barely contending for the division. They got to fight to contend for this division. They're a 500 baseball team. It's July 22nd. The trade deadline is July 30th this year. I didn't realize that. I thought it was the 31st, like always. Apparently, they moved it up this year to the 30th. So it's on a Friday instead of a Saturday. So we are eight days, eight days away from the Major League Baseball trade deadline. And the Phillies are a 500 team today, a 500 baseball team. Of course they shouldn't go out of mortgage the future. They're so lucky they're in the division they're in. You just, you can't do that. So they're in a tough spot here. It's a really complicated situation. Let's get to that article on The Athletic about the luxury tax. And this was written yesterday, prior to the game, by Jason Stark and, uh, and Matt Gelman. I just want to go through it real quick because I do think there's some really fascinating stuff in here about the decision and what it means and how important it is. So this is, uh, they start with a quote from John Middleton after the 2019 season. He says, quote, unquote, I'm not going to go over the luxury tax so we have a better chance to be the second wild card team. That's not going to happen. Luckily, this year, you don't have a chance at all to be any wild card team, so I guess that's good, right? Um, but, you know, he's pointing out, I think the, the quote is showing that, you know, unless it's real, the Phillies aren't going over the tax. Um, let's read just a little bit of the article. We'll go through it and find some important stuff. Uh, so it starts, could the Phillies be on the verge of exceeding the luxury tax threshold for the first time? Clubs that have spoken with them over the past two weeks tell The Athletic that they believe it's a realistic possibility. Phillies officials have hinted that ownership hasn't yet authorized them to add significant payroll dollars between now and the July 30th trade deadline, but the front office has also not been informed of any financial restrictions. So the perception from other clubs is that the Phillies could be ready to eclipse the $210 million in payroll based on two telling factors. This is important, the two telling factors. A, the caliber of the caliber and salaries of players the Phillies have asked about it as the deadline approaches, and B, the obvious trust that ownership has in new president of baseball operations, Dave Dombrowski. So that's interesting. So obviously the player that they would be going over for matters, obviously. And it seems like Middleton trusts Dombrowski to make the right decisions. Um, kind of going through the, uh, the article, they quote, Middleton saying, or excuse me, they quote Dombrowski saying we're not selling. Um, and the same stuff we talked about yesterday from the John Clark podcast, that we're in a position where we're in this and we're going to try and make our club better. Uh, so the article also says, sources say the Phillies have asked about everyone and everything in their hunt for more pitching. Interesting. But their primary targets have been late inning relievers and number four starter types. Which makes sense, right? I mean, we've talked about that. That is the two biggest holes on the team, center field, another. But, you know, Jankowski's been good. You can maybe piece it together with him and Odubel and whatever, but um, certainly a, a four-starter, one starter and a, a back-end guy in the bullpen are the biggest holes on this team. I don't think there's any question. Um, they also haven't ruled out trading for a center fielder, but that appears to be a lesser priority. Good to know. 
So going through, he mentioned some names, Craig Kimbrell, Richard Rodriguez. They mentioned Chris Bryant and Starling Marte. Um, apparently, and this is good to hear, clubs they've spoken with say they're not interested in trading number one pitching prospect Mick Abel or anyone they consider to be a building block in the construction of future contending teams. Awesome. Terrific. That's exactly what we want to hear. That's what it should be. That's what it has to be. So that's good. Dombrowski also addressed that, uh, you know, he thinks they can make deals with the prospects they have based on the, you know, we don't have prospects thing and all that. Um, and apparently rival front offices generally agree with that. They acknowledge that the Phillies lack of impact is from the article, lack of impact prospects, but they see numerous mid-level prospects who might be enough to form a pass package for a setup reliever or four starter. Still, the thin nature of the Phillies uh, system means that their best rodatting players this month would appear to take on salary from clubs looking to slash payroll to offset deep financial losses from 2020 and 2021. Boom. There we go. That is the key line. It's what we've talked about. If the Phillies want to get better, they need that money. They need to go over the tax. That's the easiest, smartest way to do it. Um. So, of course, the article points out that leads to the pivotal question, how much payroll can they add? So, according to this from the article, according to two team sources, the Phillies are approximately $4 million under the tax threshold. So, the addition of someone such as Kimbrell alone, while that's highly unlikely, it says, would push them above the threshold, which triggers a 20% tax on every dollar over $210 million for first-time offenders. Okay. So, minimal in the grand scheme of things. When we're talking about money, like just just for reference sake, let's say, um, you know, that that over 210, let's say they go to 220, that's 10 million, 20% tax on every dollar. Um, I'm not great at math, but it's it's uh, 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 in the millions, not in the billions, that's for sure. Um, I could do some math, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do it right now. We'll figure it out. Someone will figure it out. We'll get those numbers. Uh, but uh, you're, people are probably listening and saying, I can do math. Idiot. I got it. Um, all right. So 20% of a tax of every dollar over $210 million. Uh, In a quarter century, this is from the article, in the luxury tax, the Phillies have always found rate, remain, ways to remain under the threshold, although they brushed right up against it as recently as two years ago. But Dombrowski's presence could change all that. It's interesting. Before he was hired last fall, the Phillies were indicating they prepared to slash payroll significantly, perhaps as much as 40 or $50 million. Instead, after Dombrowski arrived and laid out his vision for how the club could still contend, they wound up re-signing JT Romito and blah, 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 and went over their expected payroll. So moving forward in the article, it says, why would Middleton be so willing to change the philosophy he espoused in 2019 just to improve a flawed team that doesn't seem capable of winning a World Series? Great question. Here's what the article says. One reason is that these wouldn't be deals to give the Phillies a shot at a one-game wild, wild card lottery ticket. These instead would be with the eye winning the division in a best of five division series. So that makes sense, more sense. So, and uh, Yorko goes on to say the Phillies have a good chance to win the division, blah, blah, blah. Um, but the other reason for Middleton, it's possible, it says, a possible Middleton shift is the outlook is his clear faith in Dombrowski's track record and ability to evaluate talent. And look at the track record, paints a vivid picture of a man who always adds at the deadline if he has a chance. Goes through a lot of his deals. Uh, Dabrowski told The Athletic in 2018, to me, if you have a chance to win, you go for it. Again, within reason. I mean, you never try to do things you not, you think are not smart. But you go for it. You try to win. 
So, you know, um, much more in the article goes through Bryce Harper talking about why uh, you know he wants to have players and all this type of stuff. But ultimately, you know, I think you get the point of the article. The point of the article is Dave Dombrowski's presence means John Middleton might be willing to go over the luxury tax. And this Phillies team, especially the way they're constructed right now, the real only way that they can smartly get better, to Dombrowski's point there, to don't do something that's not smart. The only way they can smartly get better is by adding money, is by going over the luxury tax. That's it. That's it. There's one way. Without mortgaging the future, without hurting your future, you have one way to get better. Add money. That's it. Add money. A team's got a guy they don't want to pay for the rest of the year. He's expensive. Say, we'll take him. We'll take him. Give him to us. We got it. Throw that on our books. Give us that good player who will help us this season. That's what they got to do. And we're going to find out how committed they are. And I do think it's interesting. It does highlight bullpen uh, bullpen pitchers and fourth, fifth starter type guys. You know, those seem like smaller type of deals. I wouldn't expect the Phillies to go nuts, especially with these losses here. But... It's going to be fascinating. It's going to be really exciting and interesting to see how it plays out. All right. uh, Tonight, Phillies-Braves gets underway. Just such a giant series for the Phillies here. Just so massive. Matt Moore against Charlie Morton. Certainly not a pitching advantage for the Phillies. Uh, Tomorrow, Zach Wheeler against Max Fried. That's going to be an awesome one. Uh, Saturday, Vince Velasquez against Drew Smiley. Sunday, Aaron Nola against Tookie Toussaint. So nice setup for the Phillies there. At least they have, uh, you know, with Eflin down, the, the... Two guys you want in that series definitely pitching. I guess they would pretty much have to, but um, we'll see. Massive, massive series. Phillies really need a win tonight. They need to set the tone, get back at it, back at home. So we'll see. Either way, whatever happens, we'll be back tomorrow to react to it, to look ahead to the weekend, and a whole lot more. So until then, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.